0: Oh, I am mainlining coffee, and you are also here.
1: My name is Mark Copes.
0: I'm Andrew Baxter,
1: And this is... Uh, it's very the best day of, of your life. life.
0: <laughs> so far.
1: Welcome. I must say, I'm not sure if this is the first time that you've done this, but... You're looking very dapper in that couch.
0: I've got a a wing-back armchair, yeah. It's, uh,
1: I kind of feel like I'm pretty excited about my new office chair, but that chair looks pretty
0: primo. There's the exciting life of sort of being in between desks. I'm currently trying to move stuff around a lot, and that means that my work desk has become... Oh, oh, wait, well... what happened was one day at work, I'm there working away, working away nicely, and then suddenly my internet just dies, just just internet just goes. And then I after it took me several hours to pin it down to the Ethernet over power issue uh, was the issue. So I had to move my entire work like setup to a different desk that was closer to the um closer to the router, so it had internet, and that meant that I uh I just had to quickly do that onto a different desk. So I now had my main desk, which had just my, my own laptop and some uh, Warhammer stuff on it. And then the Warhammer stuff just kind of expanded to fill the space, Mm -hmm. which has now included the space that this laptop would be on, which is why I'm now sat just in the living room. Hmm.
1: It like, sometimes I feel like, uh, the the type like the chair that you are is kind of like an old, it looks like an old school, like Mm. reading chair kind of thing. And it, was that the basis of the cartoon that you drew? Was this, the, yeah, like a, a premise? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: th- it, this was the idea. I need to finish that. Um, it also yeah, this was-
1: it reminds me, because I remember watching like, uh, like how Roald Dale used to write and he'd be in his... Um, in his garden shed, you bloody English people with your awesome garden sheds and, like, so jealous. Anyway, and there's like, old-school massive uh, red caps like that and a bit of wooden plank that went across the big arms because currently your arms are higher than your lap. Yes. And then he'd have his writing stuff on there. And sometimes I think this is how office work should be. We should have recliners that we can just lounge in, like, you know, the Cartmans of South Park in VR or something, <laughs> and just, like, lounge back and... Our keyboards are in our lap and the screen is, like, on an angle in the sky, like, looking down. So we don't have to have any neck problems. That's how we should be working. Not, like, upright, prim and proper. That's the future. I, Recliners in the uh, office. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, well, I've tried it. My uh, my work setup in the office, office, proper office, I put my monitors up really high, had them lean back, and then I oh, had really? my chair lean back as well. And uh, I can say it doesn't really help. Maybe you need if you probably need to get a bit further back so you you actually lined down instead of kind of propped up against something. But uh-huh. the bigger change was having the stand up desk. Once I had the stand up desk, that was a lot more pre- that was a lot better. But yes, sitting up straight, crap. Yeah, either standing up or sit like sitting back with a uh yeah, where you can actually lean back. That's a lot better.
1: We uh, recently upgraded the couch from this very horrible like looked good little fake leather looking thing, and it was just not comfortable. <laughs> and um, upgraded to we're going to get this this just normal cast with a bit more padding. And then the thought suddenly dawned, it's like, what about getting a recliner couch? And that wasn't, that wasn't just, that wasn't at all on the menu because it's like uh, a 70 year olds thing to do. But uh, once you sit in a recliner couch, it's uh it's pretty awesome. And like now that's an activity of the evening is called reclining. When you, physically go to the couch and recline it's a celebration of life and achievement in the day and it's just so good just to recline like when you've gone through your whole life not being able to recline suddenly you can recline and it's a game changer
0: what you're basically saying is as you get older you just look to be more comfortable
1: yeah and not move ever yep.
0: Yep. yeah you've, you've you've aged 50 years <laughs>
1: it feels like it <laughs> Well, gee,
0: like that just comes a time in your life when you don't care anymore. I, I'm wearing elasticated waistbands. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: we said we wouldn't talk about personal things. This is my life. Right
0: <laughs> well, this this is what I was going to talk about because I've had problems recently with my t- like. I I'm going to guess this is something that you've also uh, experienced. Where you're going to say tummy? Because body- amen.
1: So continue. <laughs>
0: So could be, I was going to say my my toe, a couple of weeks ago my toe just randomly started hurting.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Like I don't know how it was just in the joint started to ache a little bit. Which toe? Tense. I need need context uh, here. Right, the big toe on my right foot. Mm. And I just couldn't work. I I have no idea why. And I was spoken to my car about it and be like, what's going on? Did he do
1: watching. toes and like yeah, I do toes. No,
0: he's he's not. But he's looking at it going well, it's, it's fine, So far as I can tell. Um, and it was just like. I've also got a knee injury at the moment, but I can know where that one came from because that was from lots of running downhill. But why does my toe just randomly decide, that's it, I've had enough now. I'm just going to just gonna stop working as well. Is this it now? I'm just going to spend the rest of my life just going between different bits of my body going, don't feel like it. My is going to suddenly decide it wants to be a, a, stop being a joint and start just being a bone.
1: Yeah, why do why
0: they start hurting? It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. I think it. Uh, I, need, I, I need a recliner. That's what I need, so I can look after myself. That instead would help your this, toe instead of doing all this stupid exercise. I should no. just be just sitting up with my feet up.
1: Yeah, the future is us being as uh, immobile as possible. Actually, in the future, um, shortly, I'll be going to a one of the full room VRs, which I'm pretty excited about. So, I'm in in the coming podcast, I'll be able to update you because the one time we went was like a semi. Room. It wasn't one where you're sitting still. We were in like like a little cubicle, office cubicle is probably the best comparison. With a cord that went up to a up to the roof and then dangled, yeah. and then we Mark gets in trouble for spinning wall. around. And yeah,
0: then, <laughs> yeah. Then you, you would get close to the wall, and he says, "You're going to hit the wall." And you, you're thinking, "No, I'm not going to hit the wall." And suddenly, fud. He goes, "Yeah, that's how you hit the wall."
1: <laughs> you got yeah. in trouble with that, <laughs> yeah. and I got in trouble. Kept turning the right the right the same way. I'm like, I can't help it. I'm just naturally going to turn that way. <laughs> Everything's to the right. I mean speaking of like age and all this kind of stuff I recently went on uh my folks have got um some some of those scooters um the motorized ones and I had a go of them you know not the old scooters <laughs> we're talking the the two wheel uh um electric
0: scooters yeah i guess so yeah
1: and uh, around i, I, and I th-
0: know exactly what you mean but you are you are managing to make it sound like you went and found a mobility scooter
1: <laughs> yeah it's not a mobility scooter it's a fun scooter <laughs> the motorized ones and i went on i was like oh this would be fine i'm i'm naturally gifted at like picking up new vehicles and just learning them whatever i'm young i can do whatever like whatever sport you want me to play i'll play it <laughs> and get and apparently uh I'm very good at turning this uh, vehicle one way, but not the other. Like uh, apparently um, it's like I guess like being on a skateboard or or a snowboards probably the right equivalent is that like one way feels really natural and the other way does not feel natural at all, which was very surprising for me. But I'll have to, it's like you overcompensate one way because you don't know the extremities. And so like, I wonder when I'm on my bike, do I constantly, like if I have to do a little turnaround, Am I always going the same circle or do I sometimes go both ways? I can't tell you. I wouldn't know. I've got a funny suspicion that I always go the same way. And you looked as puzzled.
0: You you just try and turn right.
1: (laughs) Well, like if you had to turn around and like go backwards, would you do a clockwise circle or an anti-clockwise circle?
0: Depends which side of the road I'm on.
1: you sure? I don't know.
0: If there wasn't a road, probably not. I I probably would always turn the same way. Yeah. If if you if you I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, have you heard of the YouTube channel Smarter Every Day? No. I think I've mentioned it. I should it. watch
1: it. I should watch it.
0: Uh, he... Uh, it's by a guy called Destin, who um, he... One of the things he did was he created a bike where he put a little gear linkage in, and that meant that the handlebars turned the wrong way. Oh, yes, I have heard about this. So yep. as in... Yeah, so if you t- turn the handlebars, what we would normally think of as, as left, the wheel turns right. And... Mm-hmm. Of course, the start off with, he just falls off straight away. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the that anytime I've seen a bike like this is just someone has it so that they can get people trying it and go, oh, that you fell off straight away. Because you, when you're cycling, you have all these inbuilt like muscle memory of just, if I want to turn right, you don't actually so much turn the handlebars as it's more about the leaning. Um, but of course, if you lean and you do have turn the handlebars, you get the, the feedback you're not really used to. Mm-hmm. But the feedback you're getting now is... Completely opposite so you start to turn the handlebars right the bike turns left which means you turn more right which is why you fall off anyway he he makes himself this for him and he's and his idea was we learn to ride a bike normally like it, it's something that we we obviously do because it's a process we can go through can i teach myself to ride this bike uh and yeah so when he's starting off like the first couple of weeks it just falls off guy like can't go anywhere and then suddenly there's this a, a moment when it just switches and he's suddenly able to ride and then for him that now becomes the normal way of doing it Mm -hmm. and it's amazing and it's the kind of thing that it's really interesting that someone else did it because i don't think i could commit the time to it but yeah i'll check (laughs) it out we'll put a link in the show notes um but as a it's like with um this is going to get really geeky but i don't know if you've ever noticed do you do you know which way your scroll wheel goes in your mouse
1: Ah, um, well, if it's anything like uh, the Y invert on gaming, then I understand what you're saying. Um, It is, I I couldn't tell you. I could probably.
0: Do you know if it's natural or traditional? They both
1: sound like the same thing.
0: Yeah, don't they? That's because that's stupid. Like what's up what's down. Basically, you can have like, so scroll wheels for a long, long time have acted as if you pull the wheel down, the page moves down.
1: Ah, oh, mine's the opposite.
0: But the natural way, which is like you have on the phone, is that if you push the wheel up, then the the view scrolls down. Because there's the two ways to do it basically, which is that you're pulling the viewer down, mm-hmm. or you're pulling the page down. Like, depending on which one you're moving. Now, I I found that when I was at work one day, I uh, just I just came back from a coffee or whatever or tea, sat down. I'll open up my computer and open a page. And then I noticed that the the page is scrolled the wrong way. And I was a bit confused for a short moment because I didn't know why that happened. And what what had changed was I started using a Mac at home. Mm. The Mac used natural scrolling and it just flipped my head over to the default being that, which is now what I use on everything. And it's interesting how that's something else that people don't expect. Is that a Mac
1: Windows difference?
0: uh, Mac does it on... Well, I think it, I think Mac does it as default, but you can change it.
1: Uh huh. I certainly a, it haven't changed on a smart it. Mouse. Yep. Right. But
0: um, you can, yeah. On Mac, it's i I mean, it feels for me, it makes more sense now because like on an iPad or a phone, like that's how you're scrolling is you mm-hmm. you push the page up. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's interesting how a lot of people just I guess it's because it's different. But how many people you say to? Or like if someone goes to use my computer later, I'm at work and get someone to show me something or something. The amount of people that will start scrolling, it be like, I don't like it. <laughs> it's wrong. Scroll scrolling Stop. the wrong way. Stop. Yeah.
1: That's right. That is true. It's, uh, I, I whenever I'm like playing video games with friends, I have to, in a similar respect, I learnt, um, I got used to the analog control. I think it was from it can't have been from GoldenEye and Nintendo 60 before because I still did it then.
0: GoldenEye but I made... didn't really have much up and down.
1: Oh, no, but you could, you could hold the R the R button and oh, then could you could, oh, yeah. God. All didn't this time,
0: I thought you didn't. No, I just thought odd job was over, was just stupidly OP.
1: Oh, no, you, but you can't run with it. You had to stop and then you oh. could aim. That's because the they only had one analog stick, so the one analog stick controlled both depending if the button was pressed. <laughs> But, yeah, I'd still change it. Then if I'm at a friend's place and they're like, oh, have a go and pass me the controller, I have to, like, go into the menu, find out where the bloody hell it is, switch it. And then it's such a hassle. I'm that friend. I just literally can't play a game if it's uh, the opposite. (laughs) So, for me, it's like pulling down on the analog stick. I want the camera to point up. Um, That's, like, inverted apparently. I don't know. It's like that's how, like, an airplane should be. You pull down and you go up.
0: That's that's the way I... I, When I've got flying controls, sometimes I have it in inverted flying controls because that way it acts like a joystick. But I remember my first experience properly of it was Halo. I'd played Mm -hmm. um, GoldenEye before that but I didn't know that you could look up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the... On Halo, I think I first jumped on and I... Yeah. Instinctively, I wanted to pull the stick down and look up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Whereas by default it's not and instead of you know going and changing it I just got used to it and now that's how I, I work on a uh, okay. two analog sticks thing but it's it, yeah it's interesting how like there's so many different ways of setting up the uh, controller and for me that like basically all of them except the exact one they're all wrong when I played um the, when the Master Chief collection came out so they remastered the first two Halos and packaged it together with uh, the, all the ones that were out at the time and now they've released another one, so I don't really know where they're going to go from there. But Anyway, they uh, DLC. They they the problem they had with that was that each game had different controls. Hmm. In fact, and in fact, they went across consoles. So the first two were on Xbox Original, and then the next two were on 360. Um, so they had the problem with the, like what do they do for controls, and it has it has some options for making the controls fairly standard across the game across the games but what really happens is that each game has its own setup but i remember trying to find i was like i just want the con- the get- controls to be exactly the same as they were for the default of the original halo because otherwise they are wrong like
1: and they didn't have really, like a master that's con- yeah, surprising they didn't have a master control set for all of them it's it's funny
0: well, they just didn't the master control set just didn't really work because the other problem they had was each game like the controls changed because they added new gameplay mechanics. Mm -hmm. So on the first, control, uh, that's what's original, they had the black and white button instead of two extra triggers. So that meant that they weren't used very much, but then they would use more later on. And it's just, it was just frustrating going through it, going like, "I, I keep on reloading when I'm trying to do a melee attack.
1: Yeah, I find that with a melee because sometimes it's the button, the analog stick press, or sometimes it's a mm. uh, a button press, and some Lovely. and it's the one you have to commit to because you're running up to someone in the heat of a battle <laughs> and bunting them, and there's nothing worse than running up to someone and reloading. It's the dumbest yeah. thing you could do, possibly
0: <laughs> running up to someone and crouching. <laughs> yeah, <It's, laughs> yes. But when that's you when middle. you're when you're going through the menus, like I must, be, there must be a control setup here that's fine. And you go through it, and you, there are some weird setups in there. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like, different okay, layouts. I
0: understand. Right, okay, I understand why you got a left-handed one. That makes sense. I I can. Appreciate Appreciate that. Some people want the analog sticks the other way around or something. Mm-hmm. But then there's ones where you're just like, why are you putting that there? Because that's that doesn't make sense. And then like they have jumping on the trigger and shooting on a button. Like what? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you uh listen to the latest developer notes. I
0: rem- very much enjoyed his one with Sid Meier.
1: Right. Yeah. Me also too. Yeah. That yeah. One yeah. Was yeah. Really good. So, yeah, he works on, I think he's a guy that works on the Civilization games. And um, somehow the interviews are like, we're, we're quite timely compared to them because their episodes are like from two years ago or whatever interviews, <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're really like a multi-hour episode and sometimes they're broken in parts and they're not like um, Joe Rogan or anything. It's just like them talking about games and whatever. And the latest one they were talking about how um, this interesting way of uh, – I guess dual analog shooters, how we play them now, apparently was um, very much in- invented, for lack of a better term, through that, the Halo games. In that before that, some some game you pick up some old like original Xbox games or whatever that hadn't figured out the best way of doing it. And for instance, you can't strafe like on the golden eyes saying you could walk with analog stick, but then if you wanted to aim, you had to stop walking or you can't strafe. You can only turn on the spots. So weird things like that. And now it's so intuitive, right? Like we've, you can be aiming and strafing and ducking and jumping. Like we've, we've trained ourselves to be able to have that configuration, but it's weird to think that it had to be created by a game and, Thank God they figured it out because now, like the Call of Duty copies it, Fortnite copies it, everyone copies that that way of doing it. But uh, apparently, it was Halo that that brought it. I'm not sure how true that is, but it sounded pretty true to me.
0: It could be one of those cases where Halo popularized it. So hmm? There's probably some game somewhere, some obscure mm-hmm. little game that had that right. control set up before. But we just don't know about it. But yes, Halo definitely. Halo did a lot of stuff for how games work now. Like Halo popularized online gaming as well. with It's live. Um, it, I, it was. I, I think of it as a watershed moment. But the problem is that because it was an Xbox exclusive, it falls into that tribal section of PlayStation players just don't get it. They're like, it's have mm-hmm. I, I never played it. I don't know who this Master Chief person is and they don't understand it, and you're having to explain to them, like, no, it, even though it was just an Xbox, it was still pivotal in how all these games change, because yeah. then you still see this influence in other games like Call of Duty or other shooters. About how, I, I mean, there was also a lot of feedback later with some of the uh, later Halos, you see how it's affected by other games, like it gains aim down sights, uh, Mm. Gameplay, where yeah, because they didn't it,
1: have that at the start, did it?
0: No, because it used to be a shooter. Like GoldenEye is a great example. The shooter was just you run around, sticking your arm out, <laughs> bang, 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 and then you just bang, 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 whatever. You don't, you don't aiming. What do you mean aiming? It's in the middle of the screen, and uh-huh. um, and that was always the case for lots of games. Like Time Splitters was the same as well. And then I think I'm going to guess it was Call of Duty, or the Call of Duty was definitely The first game I played where you said no, no, you press this button, and then you actually aim properly. Uh-huh. You can't run while you're doing it, but you can actually see what you're doing, uh-huh. and, that, and that changed it. Now uh, most shooters do that, or a lot of shooters do that, and that's how that's now how I expect games to be.
1: It's kind of fun. I remember someone saying that shooters are basically following a dot around the world, and that's essentially what it is like the very center of the screen is you're just moving that around the world.
0: Well, look if you're playing with uh, mouse and keyboard, it's basically just a very quick point and click adventure. That's <laughs> true. Very like, fast. Click, click, click. Yeah, have you Have you have you watched uh, any esports recently? Not recently, no. I ended up catching up on uh, this was a while ago. C- catching up with the uh, some of the Counter Strike. Oh, uh, i have got to guess World Championships or something. I can't remember. For me, if I'm watching esports, it was very much uh, oh, it happens to be on sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think actually this might have been on the BBC. Wow! I know that the BBC has been showing like I'm pretty sure they've done League of Legends like on BBC Sport. It was just oh. By the way, you can now watch our coverage of League of Legends. Mm -hmm. I I think with CSGO it was the same. And uh, With esports, it's still something that I'm not going to follow it that much because I can't really get too involved. Unlike with sports I do follow, I don't really have much involvement or much um, buy-in with whoever I'm watching. But I'm still watching and go, these people are amazing. Like mm-hmm. Watching the Halo World Championships was the same, where you just go. You, I understand why this is not approachable for someone who doesn't know what the game, you know, what's going on in the game. It's this is a very high level of entry to get into to understand it. But I am very much appreciating how well they are playing this game right now. Hmm. I, 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 well, I was, I was skeptical of esports stuff with, but now I'm very much, very much behind it and see why, why CS:GO has such, like, so many. I'm gonna. I think there might be near billions of dollars in the industry for esports alone. But I'd love I, it, it to much, get to that millions.
1: next step. Like it's still like, uh, like uh, all the all the events in person with all the crowds and all the prize money and the teams and the people working full time and the managers and the sponsors and the contracts and all that. Like it's very legitimate and the universities that now have I don't know esports programs and yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff. And but it's still not like uh, it's certainly not televised well for me. Like it's not on like our our subscription sports packages. There's, there's no mm-hmm. channels for that yet. So I feel, I feel like that's another barrier. But I remember but, like yeah. a decade ago being in, I think I was in Kuala Lumpur or Singapore and I saw on TV, this is before any of this kind of stuff was happening, but I saw like someone them playing Quake 3 on broadcast TV and it Blew my mind. <laughs> like I didn't want to see the city. Forget the city. Let's watch Quake Three on the TV because what the hell is it doing there? It just blew my mind and was so awesome. I know uh, for a while there I didn't get to watch it, but they the cinemas here for a while were showing like League of Legends Championships. So uh, I, it's very interesting.
0: I I I found that yes, if what well, I found that when I'm well, it's not so much recently, but in when I've been trying to go to the cinema. And we there go because every now and then you just have a feeling of I want I, I want to go to the cinema. I don't have a film I want to go to see yet. I want to see what's on, and then I'll be. I just I I would like to go there and and the experience and watch something. Yes, and that means that you end up scrolling through the uh, page and you scrolling through the cinema's web page and you get down to the bottom and you're like, sorry, they show they show what? And you're, they're going through those like, oh, there's live ballet shows, live orchestra so, like oh, you can watch. Um, there's uh, Always a showing of like various Toy Stories happening <laughs> at different times, uh-huh. and it is really weird. Just <laughs> going, what? Uh, I, oh, yeah, I, I can see why you do that then, because there must there must be demand for it. But I, for us, like uh, normally, I think of cinema. Oh, we're going to be showing the latest films that are out. But no, they show some really interesting. Well, I say really interesting stuff. So a very varied uh, set of products. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what, uh, we recently went to watch, uh, it's called Shang-Chi, is that how it's pronounced? Is that the The Marvel, Marvel, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and in the previews for that, um, I'm not sure if it's just this cinema that's branching out, but they seem to be trying something new. Apparently, you had to inquire, which is the dumb thing, they don't show any prices anywhere but they were advertising it to people that wanted to play like multiplayer games in the cinema with their friends. So like imagine playing Mario Kart four player edition in the cinema. Mm. I was like, wow, that surely that's not cost effective, but I guess there's a lot of time slots in the day that aren't being used that they can just let someone, they're not going to make a huge mess, you know, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. I'm not sure. Like I'd like to try it once. Um, because that definitely gets rid of any excuse about saying my, my quarter of the screen's too small. Like that's uh, mm. a considerable size.
0: Well, so you say was- that. The problem is you might have a, you, your screen might be 12 foot across, but it's also quite a bit further away.
1: That's true. It's not in the middle. It's off to the side. Maybe you'd have to your- sit like, you wouldn't be able to sit in the middle of the cinema. You'd have to be sitting in the four corners of the cinema so that your screen is in the middle of your eyesight.
0: At which point you're all shouting at each other anyway, so you might as yeah. well just be playing on different screens. That's it, if you're going to shout at each be other. It good fun though.
1: So how is your toe? Is your toe good?
0: My toe is fine right now. My no, knee is not. I'm currently oh. coming back from injury on my knee. Yeah. Uh, however, it's not, been a, it's not been a straightforward journey because I keep on going, right, it feels better now. I'm going to go and do something on it. Mm. Go running or something. And then it stops feeling better, um, which is bad, especially when I've got uh, the London marathon on San- Sunday, we- Sunday, Tuesday. So I've been desperately trying to rehab that, uh, which involved three weeks of rest where I got very grumpy hmm. because I can't really do much exercise. And the exercise is one of those things like when I, when I can do it, I don't want to do it when I can't mm-hmm. do it. Suddenly it's all I really want to do. Yeah. You and, pretend uh, I get it. Yeah. Well, it, it, it stays. I, that's how it feels. That's why it feels so silly when you're doing it because uh-huh. I'll be injured and I'll be there going, oh, I'm not allowed to go out running and then think to myself, well, n- normally you wouldn't be going out running anyway. So it's not, it's, it's not that bad, is it? You can go and do all the things you'd want to do, but then, um,
1: I'm kind of the same with reading. Like I'm always busy. I'm like, I just want to sit down and read. And then you have one moment where you can sit down and read and you're like, I don't feel like reading. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Maybe I another time.
0: I managed to get some reading done the other day because it was what i was not what i was meant to be doing i was meant to be doing something else and I <laughs> that's the secret halfway through yeah uh, it, it really is that's how i get my most work done is when i'm meant to not be working <laughs> yeah my knee hurts um so i yeah, i'm hoping it's going to hold together for the weekend but it's uh, it was pretty sore yesterday and i only went for a 5k run
1: How many hundred k's is the uh, Boston? uh, Not the Boston. Sorry, the uh, London Marathon.
0: marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Just the keywords. It's it's forty-two kilometers, like a and a bit kilometers, like every other marathon, because that's Mm. a marathon. Um, I tried doing a virtual one. So the Gothenburg Marathon, which I was meant to be going to, got cancelled because Gothenburg is currently. Well, Gotham
1: City's Gotham. got so much crime at the moment, like you have to really be well, careful no, no. to do a running race there.
0: <laughs> I get Gotham it. it. Goth- Goth- Berg has just got three cubes on the pandemic chart. Um, oh. So they had to cancel the race. We have since found out that they've managed to go, oh, actually we managed to reorganise it for 2023. So you will get to run it, which is good because this race was meant to never happen again. Um, oh, normally it's a half marathon. This time they're going to do a whole marathon. Anyway, I tried doing the virtual marathon. Because they said, right, we're not doing the actual thing, but tell you what, we'll do a virtual event. So here's an app. You just have to press go of it, run a marathon, and then it will stop, and then we'll send you your medal in the post or something.
1: Just promise you don't um, get in a car and drive half of it. Promise, please. Yeah,
0: well, I think if they, there were some things about how, like, if you went too fast, they'd be investigating. Mm-hmm. So they have, like, there are thousands of people doing this. They're not going to go through every single track and be like, oh, what are they doing? But like, if you're doing it in a time I was going to do, then they're probably just going you know, go, yeah, whatever. If you, if you ran the whole thing in 90 minutes, they'd probably be going, hang on. How have you mm-hmm. done it half an hour faster than the fastest marathon ever run? But um, So anyway, I was, had a week to do it. What did I do? I procrastinated. Mm-hmm. Left it to the last moment. Read some books, did uh, some tickets. Finally, for, did read some books, actually, there, didn't I? Uh, I went to a wedding on the Saturday. First oh. time, like this wedding was meant to happen same time last year, but it's been pushed back a year. It's the first time I was with like went to a crowded event in since my, March last year, which mm. is quite it was quite nice. Um, because it was a bit of normality for a day. We had to wear masks whilst we were in moving around inside the church, but that was it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what about the dance floor masks?
0: Oh, well, I know I, I very much avoid the dance floor, and
1: the mm, dance floor I try clothes. to, too. Mm.
0: I, I went in there to watch the first dance. It was very sweet. It was very lovely. I was very happy for the couple. And th- I then went outside, found a table. People sat down and said, are you the non dancer group? Uh, are you the non dancer people? And they said, yes. And I sat down and had a very oh, good evening chatting about things.
1: That's a very good thing. I find my um, way to the bar pr- very quickly after the first dance.
0: Well, that's the problem. I did find my way to the bar multiple times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, you, you, might, you might remember me differently, but nowadays I don't really drink very much. Mm-hmm. I drink very rarely. In fact, the main, the only time I've drunk heavily in the last year, probably before this, was whilst recording the 50th episode review. <laughs> oh wow, this is great! I can't wait till 100. So I uh, indulge in a large amount of drinking and wake up in the morning. And I was, my plan, my my plan was not so much simple as my plan was: I've got to do the marathon by. It's got to finish by 11 o'clock on the Sunday in the evening. And I should have done it before. But I thought, right, right, I'll go to the wedding. We're going to stay in an Airbnb nearby. And then we're, and what we're going to do, we're going to drive to the wedding, drive to the reception, leave the car there, get a taxi back, because there's no way I was going to be okay to drive. In the morning, I will get you up wake early. wake up and you're, to- you're like, my bloody toe bloody hurts. It did. <laughs> um, I wake up. I will then run, not directly there because it was only about four i I'll run a roundabout way to get there, get the distance and I'll get there. I three o'clock in the morning comes, having only got to bed three hours before that. Uh I get up, uh, brush my teeth, go to the toilet, and I'm there Good looking boy. at the uh looking at my race vest and okay. my running clothes. And I'm thinking, well you really if you don't do it now, you're gonna really struggle to get it done later but Mm -hmm. if if you start now and it takes you this long to finish if it takes you any longer then that means you're going to probably be too late so i had to get to the car and then get back to the house before we had to check out and i was also thinking to myself you've had about five hours sleep in the last two days (laughs)
1: less than optimal Mm. because the the night the
0: night before the wedding was catching up with some friends who i hadn't seen in ages so we didn't we'd set up quite late at which point i thought it's you're also probably quite drunk still, so I think it's safer for me to. So I went back to bed. I was, I, I was. It was mo- most. I was kind of annoyed at the time because I was thinking, thinking to myself, if I don't do it now, it's probably not going to happen. But I went back to bed thinking this is just dangerous. Uh, wake up early, go back to the venue to pick up the car, which we'd left one of my friends in because he was not getting a taxi. But anyway, uh, whilst we're whilst we're loitering around the uh bride's parents come out and chat to us because then and they were like, oh, it's a shame we didn't get to chat too much yesterday. And then said, Oh, would you like to have some breakfast? So just yep. invite us in for the, the 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 breakfast at the place, which was really nice. Um and I was and I and I said, yeah, that's probably a good idea because I don't think I can drive right now. So I had some coffee, eventually uh, caught up with the some people who hadn't been able to catch up the day before, drove home and I'm like, right, it's nearly one o'clock. If I leave now, I will have enough time and I'll I'll finish only just after dark. So I fill up my race vest with some gel some water. I'm like, right. H- hangover's starting to kick in, but I reckon I can do this. I can do this. I'm gonna do this. I'll just I'll just drink lots of water and I'll hydrate. This sounds like a nightmare. It didn't go to plan. Uh-huh. I set off and I'm there going at seven thirty minutes, seven minutes thirty per kilometer and that works about okay for about two kilometers at which point my uh, well I need to stop to go to the toilet but I, I so I have a headache so I'm like right it's fine you've got loads of time you've got six and a half hours to do this you can walk quite a lot of that if you're going to do that time so you walk a bit you have a bit of a drink okay do that right walk walk drink 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 and then. Off, and then I try running a bit more and I start getting a massive headache. So I start walking. And this continues for about five hours, right? Oh, my God. Um, at which point it's dark. I'm well behind. I'm realizing it's going to take me about eight hours to finish because as soon as I start running now, I get a big headache. I had managed to find a shot by this point and get some ibuprofen and some more food because I just hadn't taken enough food because it wasn't meant to take me this long. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to just call it quits at 31 kilometers. Like, oh. normally if I'd got that far in a race, I'd be like, well, I'm going to finish anyway. But at this point I had to just call home and be like, you can pick me up. Because I was just too unwell. Why are you crying, Baxter? <laughs> I'm, I'm not just, crying. Just... <laughs> well, I mean, Tears from the wind. Be- be- because I've got London coming up this week. This, so this happened just this weekend. Just Oh no, uh, weekend before. Because uh, at the time I had two weeks until London. Uh, it was a case of a virtual marathon is not worth breaking yourself for mm-hmm. when you've got a race that I might mm-hmm. not be able to get back into again coming up. So I caught on it. I did then find out afterwards they'd managed to re- reorganize the race. So I will get to run it in 2023, which is nice. Gotham City. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it turns out, like, you know, when you've done a. If, if it's there's a bit like you might find this with the, the regaining regaining. Well, um, the more you've done, you start to fit, you start to rationalize it as being easier, and you say, "Well, it's not that hard to do." So for me, it's like running a marathon. I'm like, "Oh, well, it's only a road marathon." Yeah, like, yeah. If it takes me seven hours, it's still not going to be that hard. Um, turns out it actually is. And <laughs> if you start off with a hangover, you're not going to get better. Uh-huh. as you Go on.
1: So, it, it doesn't sound like a good plan. Like uh, kudos to you for trying to stick it out. All, all I can know is that every time I do a, a game, is that, you know, like uh, maybe it's a 12 hour or something or like do like 60,000 steps. And at the end you're like, well, I'm never doing that again. I am so sore <laughs> and my whole body aches. And this was a terrible way to, to spend a weekend and then there's something happens between that event and the next event There's just enough time to forget the pain and remember all the, like the fun that you yeah, the the feeling of accomplishment at the end. And I think you just literally have forgotten all the bad things because by the next one, you're keen. And maybe I'm not sure if that's for you in the races, but uh, yep. during, during the event for me, like this was a terrible idea. What a terrible thing to do.
0: And in, in two months, sign me up to the next one. I'm keen. Is it, it's addictive. I, I. It was explained to us at the Lake the 50. They said, "By the time, by the way, when you finish, there's the thing called the 48 hour rule, which is you'll finish and you'll say never again." <laughs> but then 48 hours later, you'll be there going, "Hmm, entries open up in a week." Wasn't that bad? And this is exactly what happens. It's 48 hours later, you're going, "Oh, she wasn't that bad." But I mean, like, so if you're doing a 12 hour row game, yeah, that sounds like a long time. But then it, once you've done a couple of those, if someone says do you want to do a six hour one. You start mm-hmm. rationalizing it, you're going, well, that's only half. It's a piece of cake, yeah. Yeah, like I've done way more than that. Like, like That sounds easy, right? And then you do it and you're, oh, no, actually, it is still really hard.
1: So what you're saying is I just need to run, attempt one ultra marathon, and then I'll forever be able to do normal marathons. That's what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is it. That is the pro- That is the problem I now have, where because I've done a, at least one race where I got to the marathon distance, I've done a couple where I've done this, get to the marathon distance and gone, oh, that's good. I've done a marathon. Now I've only got X kilometers left. Mm-hmm. And that means that I've now rationalized it as a marathon being not that hard a distance. And then I try doing it by itself. And I go, oh no, actually, it turns out it is really hard. And I am, you know, normally I'm still quite tired by that point. But normally you kind of immensely prepared for the fact you have to keep on going at that point. Mm-hmm
1: there's probably some kind of like parkinson's law with racing as well just like how with time is like you feel the time you've got so like in your head you know how many kilometers it is and that's what you're mentally prepared for so like depending on what yeah. it is that's just your max no matter what
0: yeah like i if i'm doing a 50 kilometer race, uh, 50 kilometer race and then i get to the end and they say oh by the way you now you need to go over that big hill over there not going to happen mm-hmm. however if the finish if the finish was already the other side of that hill I rough. guess it would
1: happen somehow. Stupid, stupid people. Humans. What do we do? What do we do? Well, good luck with the race.
0: I've been listening to a lot of Adventure Zone recently. Ooh. Have you come across this? Um, I, I, you. I'm guessing you're aware of the concept of podcasts where people play Dungeons and Dragons. And mm-hmm. That's the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Adventure Zone is by the McElroy brothers. Who they do their main podcast is uh, my brother, my brother, and me. Which they can say a lot better. They, um, but they play Dungeons and Dragons with their dad, and it's called cool Adventure, and it's really good. And I'd re- highly recommend it. They're currently doing a, narr- uh, a campaign called the E for C, set under the water, mm. and um, it, yeah, it makes me want to. Like, I'm listening to that, and I'm going, no, the world doesn't need another Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I can accept that. Nobody wants to listen to me playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not very good at it. But I would like this idea of doing a more produced format where there's a driving narrative. But yeah.
1: There's something appealing about a large narrative for sure. Mm. Like, a, even the thought of like, that's why I like briefly got into writing for a bit. It's like, wow, well, what if we could just make something that was just big? And it, it just built itself by like cumulative effort. And that's yeah. the, yeah.
0: Whereas we, we, when we record these, they're very much each episode by itself has is is, is self-contained and also goes in different places. Mm-hmm. But and with your comics, I'm guessing you uh, even your longer comics, whilst they tell a story, it's not a very long story.
1: Yeah, you just get this itch to like, I wish I could, yeah, tell something like you don't get me wrong there's many benefits of being having something that has a definite end and it's short and like doesn't take a terribly long time to make but uh yeah you, you do that enough like do you know 700 of them you're like man i wish i could uh imagine if imagine if those 700 were all stringed together and had this made this epic tale it's just not the way it would happen but it's just I, it
0: first the caltex uh graphic novel coming out 2025 oh boy let's push it back 10 years to give me some more <laughs> <out> 2035 yes. <laughs> it's going to be had this hot take and something that happened in a uh, hot take and coronavirus coming out that's it that's time. it not quite as fast production schedule as south park close not six days maybe six years well some of our animation the animations i'll be working on are going to have a production scale of six years at this rate <laughs> <me finish> they will <laughs> <that'll> be epic <laughs> I need to, uh, what I want to, I need to lower my standards so they uh-huh. can be done.
1: Uh-huh. I did a, um, uh, into video competition over the weekend and the same thing, had a long time to do it, but managed to do it right before the deadline, like a few days before and had to, uh, kind of set up because my best camera is like the iPad. So I was like filming myself through the iPad in the office. And, uh, but there's so much work when it's just you, like you have to go. the iPad, press record, go stand, and then go back and check it to see if you're in the right part of the frame. And then you have to do it again and do a sound check to make sure the sound's fine. And then you have to do it and then do several takes before you you get the good one. And then write down where the good take is and then edit all together and finally get it all. And, uh, all this work just to make a damn video and then I played it on the TV just to test it and the volume was super low and I was like god Ah. damn it (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing with audio so I've like jacked it up and it's like oh jesus what a what a pain in the butt
0: kudos to Bo Burnham who managed to do an entire Netflix special by himself in his room oh now I remember you bringing that up we ended up watching that uh so that was quite a show yeah Oh, it's it's depressing, but it's really good. And he he did that by himself in his room. Uh-huh. Like, all the cinematography, all the direction, everything, which is very, it, it, like... I mean, I, I feel like when he specifically sings a song about turning 30, about how he used to be able to do things and now he's falling apart, I feel like I, that, that song is me.
1: <laughs> I um, think, uh, no, like, obviously he's... There are some things that he's doing a uh, narrative of and and some things it's his character for lack of a better term
0: mm,
1: but so. uh, yeah right but i think he uh does if it is a character does a pretty good job of making a consistent character because it's
0: uh full pretty full on uh, i don't i i i i can't imagine how his process for that worked because oh, it yeah, took right. so long to make and when he started he he must have known most of what he was doing mm-hmm. like he must he must have had a good like you, you see the very the for the finale he starts off with a clip of his first rehearsal of that piece and it's clearly a long time in in the past at that point
1: he's just planned yeah
0: yeah so like oh he's had this song for a while but it's taken him what, a year and a half to get to recording it yeah well, uh, he must have he must have been planning to like work his way through them so that over time is it shows he's been in there but it was and also the like, fact uh, that through yeah. all
1: that time it's like pretty consistent visually and musically in that like uh, he didn't over the year learn new skills and it it doesn't really change from being completely amateur to more professional over the time, over the movie.
0: No, but you you see at the start when he's doing all the light checks, like there's this little montage of him changing different lights around and trying different camera angles. And it, it, it was interesting for him to start off by showing that because it means it's like, he's pulling back the curtain of like, here's actually the really boring bit where mm-hmm. I would. And there was, he he put in a couple of false start. Uh, There's one of the songs he put in a false start as well. I, I don't know if it was scripted, but it comes off, comes off really well because he's there. You go, uh fiddling with something, fiddling with something, presses record, starts playing, hits a bum note or something, and then goes, sh- swears loudly at himself, presses stop, start again, start singing again. Mm-hmm. And, it, he managed to jet, toe the very nicely line. Sorry, he managed to very nicely toe the line of showing enough of the behind the scenes for it to like give us a glimpse of what's going on without it getting boring or without it looking unprofessional.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed seeing, or any time you had a glimpse of seeing behind the curtain, I loved it.
0: Mm. It was it, especially because I'm there looking at it, going, how's he doing there? he doing?" Now? <laughs> yeah, right. And his use of color, considering he's just in the white room, is is great. Anyway, I, I would recommend it inside by Bo Burnham.
1: Yes, Netflix. Good good thing.
0: Many years ago, we recorded an episode where we spoke about trees. Mhm. Because I had to commute on a bus at the time and got bored frequently at a 1.4. I wondered I like trees. I just generally like trees. So we spoke about trees for a while. Trees got are a cool. different idea for this time. Yeah, well,
1: uh we had um So I get the emails of, of the form from the website, puppiesandwatermelon.com and people send topics in, uh, and we promptly read them. And sometimes, uh, there's bots scour the internet and they, they do all sorts of fascinating things. And, uh, I get ones, let me, let me just get the last few. Like, I don't know how these bots work, but these bots have names and they have an email and a message And I won't tell you the one that we'll talk about, but um, let's just see the last 10. This one's from, his name's Go. Uh, Their message is our URL, which is weird. Another message is payment. Another message is Washington. That was weird. Washington. That's from Shamar Barrows DVM. Um, This one's from Willis Langosh. Uh, The message is Antigua. Don't know. Don't know what that's got.
0: It it wants to go on holiday to Antigua.
1: Maybe, maybe. So, yeah, the the one Antigua was probably pretty hard to think of uh, talking about Antigua. I don't know many things about Antigua. I don't really
0: know where it is. I think it's in the Caribbean. Oh, that sounds nice. And so the one
1: I want to mention is uh, the topic is portals. Portals. Just appeared. I don't know why that's a message. Portals. I don't even know what the the connection to anything is. But uh, tell me, tell me what's on the top of your head about portals.
0: Well, have you ever played Portal? I have. Do you like it's it? The game. It's it's excellent. It is a uh-huh. great example of how a game can just be concise and well made. Also, yeah. a great concept. It takes a, bit, well, a short while to get your head around, but then you can do some really interesting things where you have physics. You break physics and just say, "How about we conserve momentum?" Even though you've got like nothing, anyway.
1: Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how like I love the whole behind the scenes. This when you start beating the game and there's like the cake is a lie and and the the person that's talking is like hilarious. Like the dark humor. Um,
0: I, I'm sorry. Uh, Gladys. Is it, no, is it? Gladys? Yeah, I, th- I
1: think Gladys. so. Yeah, maybe he's talking about Gladys. I can't remember. It's got a very Stanley Parable vibe to it. Not although they probably copy them.
0: It's interesting that I I I can't remember if I'm remembering this wrong. But so the portal was part of the orange box and I think it was like basically they just fleshed out a prototype of the idea they had this idea for portals and stuff and they just fleshed out it a little bit and then suddenly that became the main reason to have the orange box and it's now like such a huge seller. such a success um, and like think about like companion cubes uh, the little turret things you can get mm-hmm. you can get all merchandise with this stuff and it
1: mm-hmm.
0: shows the power shows the power of merchandise for a start that would but be but a cool merch like, actually
1: companion box would be awesome
0: I love a companion cube, but they, I think I've had one actually at one point. I wonder what happened to it. I, I do to remember when
1: I was studying game dev in uni, back in the day, uh, we did download the um, original prototype of portal. And it's like this very like underground cavey thing. And the, the portal is like these big things that come up on the wall. That is very different styling. But from what I know, that was like made by like as a hobby thing from independent people and Valve like pretty much. Bought them in to the company and bought their IP or whatever, and and they now became employees. That's typically what Valve does. Um, so I don't think it was created in house, but it was acquired certainly. But it, was, it looked very differently. It was just the portal idea.
0: It's interesting how portal like how long have portals been a thing in sci-fi as well? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, apart, like, in the, the, I'll talk about how long as, who came up with the oh, idea, of like, the Rick and Morty. T- t- it's t- kitten. T- oh, my God. Don't you dare purr in the microphone. Purr. <laughs> 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 purr. Listen, you might that think that's the cat, you?
1: That's me. Purr. <laughs>
0: oh, are you hungry? I'm busy. Yes. I'm yes, back to portals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if a cat is now purring into the microphone. Our portal's literally just something that someone created at some point because they were just like, we need to get from here to here and we just need a way to do it. So we'll just have, like, is it the narrative idea of a, you know, a to-do? Like, we'll work out how they get from A to B. Mm. It's just a thing that they walk through and now they're in the new place. And then in the end, they just never actually got around to fixing the the bit. So that's just how, oh, they just walk through this door.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like, uh, obviously someone thought of it for the first time before everyone else. It's funny how a lot of sci-fi stuff... Uh, I think there's like a few, or oh, there's one, like, I don't know his name, but there's one key writer from the sci fi era that a lot of our um, thoughts of the future kind of stem from his original musings of, of the things, like, especially like uh, touchscreen devices or, or the stuff that Star Trek, you know, an iPad was just an evolution of, of a story, like, I think through Star Trek and then probably through other sci fi stuff. But you're right. Uh, yeah, it probably so was just a last-minute thing added.
0: Star Trek came up with a lot of things though. Star Trek had like GPS before Ooh. GPS was a thing. Zoom before Zoom was a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Video calls between ship to ship.
1: It's crazy as well in portals and games. How I think there's a new one out now. Is it called Time Splitters? I think so. I think it's like Time Splitters is
0: an old game. Oh,
1: is it? Is that, Does that have portals in it?
0: It does. But have they have they actually finally released Time Splitters four?
1: Oh, I've just seen someone That's play it on Twitch like, lately. 10 years. Seen someone play something on Twitch lately. It seemed like a new game, but it said like, oh hey, we've got this new game now. But and and the portal is just this weapon in it. But it was like uh for portal, it was the game, and now it's just a extra thing to have in.
0: <laughs> oh, I as I said, as I said with the portal on like the way it's now become a a fun like the whole cake is a lot. Portal was such a perfect storm for the things that came together because the gameplay was really good but also it just had such a concise story and the, the world building was basically non-existent. It was,
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: a big bad evil laboratory and you're working for them but then think about all the things that came out of it like the cake is a lie. It's basically, just, it like, it's almost a throwaway line in the game itself but mm-hmm. that's just become such, like a, a, such a nerdy joke about anything that's, at any time, someone mentions cake in, in, certain, you know, in certain places or online forums so you'll just get you just get people talking about lies or stuff
1: yeah they've definitely reached like a critical mass like it's almost like a the Matrix level um...
0: like there must be people who know this reference but haven't played the game mm-hmm. like people who would know the idea of no I am your father or mm-hmm. Luke I am your father is the one that's used to be remembered and probably haven't seen Star Wars
1: yeah I didn't know oh. for a long time or oh, I didn't know that Han shot first for the longest
0: time <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that because I i don't think I possibly still haven't seen the original cut of it because I think by the time I would have seen it, it the re-release version definitely would have happened. Mm-hmm. But um, it's such a small change that unless someone points... Like, I get it, it's, it changes how the scene works. But if you just show, if you just showed a group of people the, what, the way it was filmed first uh, or you showed a different group of people the way it was filmed afterwards, they probably wouldn't have very different feelings about the scene. Yeah, really? because the the subtlety of oh well, Han Solo's character is actually a bit darker and he's a bit more morally um, compromised. Doesn't I, it's such a quick thing to happen? You just kind of go, okay, he shoots people. Maybe mm. we're also desensitised to violence now that we're just like, oh, the bad guy shot first.
1: Yeah, yeah maybe it's a big deal back then, but <laughs> don't really care now.
0: Well, clearly this Greedo guy is up to no good.
1: <laughs> what about uh um? The TV show Stargate, one of the greatest portals. What are your feelings about that?
0: They're like a whole TV show based around a portal. I find it interesting that they managed to take a film which I've seen, and the film is it's just a long episode of Stargate because I saw the film after seeing. Me too. Yep, I loved it. But it's it's it's, I mean, it's such like a like so the film was like oh they find this portal and they work out how to get through it and they go and they find these aliens of some description. Uh, I think they also have a Genesis part to it as well. But then, like, it just, it does, in retrospect, it is such, like, a serial TV, like, idea. Like, basically, they have every week, they just have, okay, here's the characters a new like, world. and now we're going to put them into, yeah, here is here is here is a new scenario. That's it's like such a cheating
1: way of doing it, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like what Star Trek did with the um, the holodeck. So mm-hmm. Star Trek with the holodeck, where the same idea, where, like, we've got all these characters you like, how, but we want to put them into a, Victorian setting bleep bloop beep bloop right here they are they're there now (laughs) Uh I like okay at the time it was revolutionary the idea of oh we're going to have this magic technology but now imagine now if someone tried to do that as a TV show uh huh like, but well, this kind of happened. With, take off in the same way.
1: No, this kind of happened with Mandalorian, where, um, in my head, he was like, Okay, I've got this master mission of this. We've got to return this guy. I get in the ship. The ship breaks down. Uh oh, side quest. I have to do this thing. And then the end of the episode, he's on his way again. Next episode. Uh oh, ship breaks down. Got to do this side quest. Get back in the ship. It was just too prescriptive almost that, uh, yeah, that might have worked in Stargate times, but, um, I think we wow. need something a bit, bit different now.
0: I mean, I I'd heard the Mandalorian described as a space Western and I kind of see that he comes into town. Yeah. Has to do something and then moves on. And it creates a, yes, the overall, like if they were to do it as a film, they could probably fit most of that narrative into, or most of that story into about 90 minutes where he has, I can't, I can't even remember that much about what happened, but when mm-hmm. he has, like he goes through all the stages of a normal story. He, there's some conflict at the beginning, he has this issue. He, um, so that's Groku, and then he ends up reluctantly taking on the quest. And then he goes through it, he has a change of heart, and then whatever. So, but by making it a serial, they could, yeah, they can just ha- have a. I, uh, we can just now go right, we're just going to sit, press pause on that story for a moment, and we're just going to ha- put in this filler, mm-hmm. and that way we can make it 10 episodes instead of an hour and a half.
1: I instantly watched, uh, I went to one Comic Con years ago, and the. Doctor from Stargate was there. She was like doing a talk, and I think that's the same. Like it was one from um, medicine woman. You remember that old TV show, Doctor Doctor, Doctor Quinn? Medicine
0: woman. Medicine, I know. Anyway. Of
1: I think she was the same actress. And anyway, people were asking her like, what What was your favourite episode? All these people were geeking out about, like, enjoying. I've seen every episode of Stargate. And she, I think answer surprised her and she's like, honestly, like, I hardly watched any of them because uh, she acts it. And and you we think, and this is what she said, like, you, th- you think you'd go in – and every episode you'd act in, you would want to watch and keep a copy. But she's like, literally, you just do that many episodes that once you're done recording, you have no context of what your scene affects the rest of the story. Really, if you're just in that much of a hurry to do them all, and she, uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't really have any fun ones. She's like, it was a job. I did it, and uh, it was great.
0: I can definitely see that by the time you've been recording an episode a week for like six years. Uh huh. There must be people where you're just like, I read my lines and go home. Yeah. No, I, I have no idea what's going on anymore.
1: <laughs> I love that Netflix has a series called The Movies That Made Us, I think it was. Is that good? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they did it Back to the Future recently that I saw. And Michael J. Fox pretty much did uh, all his acting at night. Um, he had his day job acting gig that he was very successful at. I think it was called Family Tires, I think. And uh, they wanted him, but uh, he could only do it at nighttime. The the show wouldn't let him do it during the day, which is crazy. He was working two jobs, and like he, he thought that when the movie was released, that it had completely bombed. And when like the boss called him up, he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just tired, and and I tried my best, but it's probably done really well." And he's like, "No, it's like the biggest movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> we've made a lot of money."
0: The story is about films, there where this they had to do this because they had, either they were cutting costs or. Yeah. Like yeah, they're having to work around someone's schedule and like the amount of times where it's like that scene doesn't need to be at night, but it is at night because so like it now makes sense why when um Martin, the professor are in the car park, why is that at night? It doesn't need to be at night, but I guess if they needed to film at night. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And the whole, you know, the scene where he like plugs in the power for the lightning bolt to come down and hit him, that was all done last minute because they ran out of budget because what they really wanted to do was have a nuclear reactor blow up and they just couldn't like film that. So like, what have we we've got a set? We've got some extension cords. Let's, uh, let's film this. And it's such an it iconic you, part of the movie.
0: It makes me feel bad that then like there's that where they've got such a great, what well, well, has become such a cultural icon? I mean, I've, I've only watched Back to Future for maybe once or twice and. Uh, with some separation from it like so for for me like same with like uh, say Star Wars or Indiana Jones I'm like yeah they're okay I I don't have that much connection with them I much prefer films like I was where they came out but like so they've got the film there they've got a low budget they ran out of budget and yet they still managed to make these great scenes and then there's Michael Bay making another Transformer movie just throwing (laughs) millions of dollars at it and he's just like I don't care anymore Uh what a CGI like would you want to plot oh we'll just use the same plot as the last one
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Good, good series. If you have a free, free time, it's, uh, I'll, I'll well check, edited.
0: I, that's the kind of stuff that really interests me about why why a film was like this and um, like Hitchcock films, why he did the did them all the way he did them the way he did. Like, um, oh, no, not Hitchcock, but uh, who did Jaws? Was that Spielberg?
1: Mm, yes, pretty sure.
0: Yeah, so Jaws. Why? Why they wanted to show more of the shark? Why did they not show the shark? Because it turns out the animatronic didn't work very well and looked a bit crap. Mm-hmm. so they don't shoot it very much I think Alien had the same idea yeah. where it, like director want, wants to show more of the Alien because you know, the the uh, executives from the production company come in and are like we're spending all this money on an Alien show the Alien and he's there going actually it looks kind of crap <laughs> so they don't show very much of it and then that becomes the iconic part of it is that you don't there's this thing you can't see uh-huh. I know that Red Dwarf did the same thing actually in one of their episodes because they had uh, a Vindaloo monster And they, they, yeah, the props department spend all this time making this monster, and then in the end they have to like barely show it because they're like, if if you show it in bits, it looks great, but if we actually have a wide shot of it, it looks crap.
1: Isn't that funny? Because I think the alien, uh, like the video game Alien Isolation, the game is largely not seeing the alien, (laughs) so like Mm. that's actually bled into that as well.
0: Well, that's how good horror works: is that you have to leave things up to the audience to piece together. Whereas if you have a big space robots fighting dinosaurs and you show all of it okay it can look great but that's all it's going to be It's just just some visual visual it's not going to have much suspense in it all right well we should probably wrap this up then
1: yeah i mean the music's playing that's uh that's the cue have you got a quote baxter
0: i have got a quote it's a bit of a long one
1: it's good hit me
0: not so much of a quote there wasn't some philosophical quip put out by uh, some celebrity at some point this one is actually. Um, in the build up to the Lakeland 50 that we spoke about last episode we were getting weekly emails from the event organisers updates saying this is what's going on unfortunately this year a lot of them had to be don't worry the event is still happening but um, anyway about uh, four weeks so four weeks before the event they send out an email uh, and I I read it and I thought this is really good I'm going to save this one Uh, and it went something like this There's been a lot of posts on social media about training not going as well as planned, and naturally, quite a few people questioning whether they should actually be on the start line. So we'll let you into a secret. Nobody's training has gone perfect. Everyone wishes they had more time, and if you did have another 12 weeks to prepare, nothing much would change. This event is all about the experience and not about the finish line. Considering the year we've had, you should do everything possible to be on the start line. Enjoy the atmosphere, and if needed, just walk the course. The only person who cares about how fit you are is you. The only person who cares about your finish time is you. This is not the year to set a quick finish time. This is the year to appreciate what we have, ask yourself why you started trail running and why you entered this event. Was it to put unnecessary pressure on yourself related to performance? Or was it based on enjoyment, stunning scenery, the challenge, the journey, the experiences, the atmosphere and the people you meet along the way? If it was the latter, then no more questioning yourself, please. You can give yourself lots of reasons for not starting, but I can tell you with 100% certainty you'll never regret finishing. Mm. And now this came, so as I said, this was two uh, two weeks before the event, and it came at the perfect time because I was definitely having those thoughts where <laughs> I've messed up training because um, I don't, I I hadn't had I don't think I'd had injury that time, but I'd had some other issues where I'd like not been able to go out training. And then once if if training is going well then it kind of builds on it and you can um, keep consistently going but then as soon as it starts to falter you can very quickly just fall off the wagon and that's it You're not, you've are not you missed a run and then you miss another run and then you go out for a run and it's its hard work where I was going to go with this is not so much necessary to a race like I'm, okay I've got a race coming up this weekend that I'm not ready for but I'm still going to go and do it because if I finish I finish it doesn't matter what time I did it you run a marathon it doesn't matter if you finish in two hours or five hours you still run a marathon I would also expand that out further to life. So over the last year and a half, things have been diff- have been quite difficult. Not not a lot of stuff has gone to plan, but that doesn't mean that we should just stop and give up. If you've got big plans, keep on going with them, and even if they're not perfect, if it's not the dream that you had, it's still worth doing.
1: Hmm, that's a uh, that's a cool message. It's a. Uh I wonder how many cancellations they had before sending that email.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what it was going. Go, I can't make it now. That's a pretty good pep talk. I like that. I, I, it was, it was perfectly timed for me, and reading it again now is definitely helpful this weekend.
1: Well, I definitely can see that. I would, I would personally as well be like, uh, the game might start about the enjoyment. But then I could see myself competitively, personally, trying to make it about PBs and getting better and always improving. But uh, that's not really why you started, it because you didn't have a PB to start with. It was just like something you wanted to set your mind to and to do. So, like, I think it's a, it's a cool reset to like uh, think about why you like doing things again.
0: What should the, What should everyone do after listening to the episode? Goes?
1: Hey, uh, they should uh, go to the website and uh, they should send us a the form uh the web form send us some topics and uh if you want to say random words like antigua or portal uh feel free or you can say a topic that would interest you uh because i welcome the challenge to talk about any random topic or relevant topic
0: i can't wait to see what we get now
1: oh yeah for sure
0: (laughs) great chatting Backstab. it has been a good time and we shall chat another time
1: all right, so let's do it next episode, huh?
0: <laughs> we should, yeah. <laughs> Peace.